0: Morning. I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor. If you're new with us, so glad to have you here, and uh, so thankful for our our worship team. Awesome set. That uh, man, they just make me mad because like I had to kind of stop singing because I'm like I gotta talk here in a minute, and I'm gonna like lose my voice if I keep singing. So like they're just I'm just so grateful for our team and uh, and just for this moment that we get to come together. Um, in God's house as our church family and, and worship the Lord and, and, and take that next step of, of that next step, even today, what next step is it that you're taking in your life with the Lord? And, and maybe that next step was just coming to church today, which is a great thing, um, absolutely. But are you taking a next step in your, in your walk with Jesus? As we've talked about um, this idea of being the branch, as Jesus is the vine, and we're connected to the vine as Jesus, and, and to be the branch that reaches out to this world, Then in 2024, if we're going to be the branch more, that's another way of saying, I want to be more like Jesus more, which is something that we should always be striving for, is to always be striving to be more like Jesus. And so what's that next step in your faith for you? What is that next step in your, in that faith for you? Is it Is it maybe something that you need to do daily? Is it something you need to do minute by minute? Could it be uh, something that that is an overall next step in your life? Getting into the word every day. Being in prayer as a moment in prayer with the Lord. Being in the word of God every day. Could it be something like that? Could it be beginning a Bible study or, or, or getting into a life group and and having Christian community as a regular part of your life and, and as your walk with Jesus. Stepping into serving somewhere. Whether it's being just somebody that says hello at the door and being a greeter, or, or somebody that's, uh, that, that wants to help in the parking lot, um, or a kids ministry, or in the tech team. Can you can you sing or play an instrument And and something's just kept you from... From, from maybe being a part of the team that's, that's up here on Sunday. Is, it, is, is this maybe the year that you step into that or, or see if that's there for you as that next step in serving the Lord and, and, and walking with Jesus could be a daily resisting of temptation or a daily uh, moment where something that normally gets you that, boy, that next step is to just get through Today. I'm just going to get through today and, and not letting that temptation of the world pull me back and rob me of God's best for me in my life. And, and, and that's one more step. The thing is, the bottom line is that if you're not taking any steps, you're not walking. And so if you don't take a next step with the Lord, then you're not walking with the Lord. If you don't take a next step, then you're not walking. You're either standing still which is not God's best for you, or you may be stumbling backwards. You may be stumbling backwards and and probably in isolation, probably feeling all alone. And as we progress through today, as we move through this series that we're starting today, I really want you to keep challenging yourself with this statement, that if you don't take a next step, you're not walking. If you don't take a next step, you're not walking. Listen, the enemy does not want you to take a next step. Let me say that again. Listen, look at me. The enemy does not want you to take a next step today. The enemy wants you to just ignore whatever the word of God has for you today. The enemy wants you to walk out of here and forget whatever God did here for the next 20, 30 minutes together. By the time you get to Arlington or Main Street, depending on which way you go, he wants you to forget about that when you're eating dinner tonight, watching football, or whatever you might be doing. He, the enemy wants nothing more than for this to just be forgotten about by tomorrow or by an hour from now. Let's call that what it is. Let's call that out and realize the spiritual warfare that takes place every day and every moment towards those that are following Jesus. So let's recognize that here for a moment. The enemy doesn't want you to walk with Jesus more and take a next step. He doesn't want you to walk worthy of the calling that the Lord has for your life. And that is what this series is all talking about. We're going to be looking for the next four weeks at the idea of walk worthy and the freedom of discipleship. And when we hear the word worthy, our brain goes to, am I good enough? Right? Am I worthy? Like that whole idea. Am, am, I, am I good enough? Am I, am I measuring up? And I, I want you to just get that out of your head because that's not what we're talking about here. That's not what we mean here. Worthy, while, while it has some connotations in that direction, it, it really means striving to be virtuous and, and, and moral and ethical, right thinking by the Lord's standards and, and aiming there actually brings freedom because if we look at it from the I've got to be good enough that's just going to lock you up that's just going to lock you up and chain you up because that's not what Jesus wants for us and that's not what he's calling us to do is to to be good enough because you're never going to be good enough we're all sinners we're never going to be good enough but we should be striving to walk worthy with the Lord because we have freedom in Christ absolutely we do but that freedom is not an excuse for sin freedom in Christ is not A license to sin. And so we're called to imitate Jesus and to bring a a, a level of expectations with that that leads us to a place of discipleship, which is really just being more like Jesus. And so there's freedom in the next steps of discipleship. There's freedom from who we were. There's freedom from who we are. And there's freedom in who Jesus is changing you and transforming you and conforming you into being into more like him. And so for the next few weeks, we're gonna look at that. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge us as a church with some resources today to help us take a next step and a walk worthy together. So let's pray. Father, as we dive into your word here, as we look at this this idea of of the freedom of discipleship and and how for us to really take next steps in our faith and to walk worthy with you, what that what that means for us. I pray that as we look in your word as your Holy Spirit continues to move through this place as you already have. Father, I pray that all the distractions would be set aside. Lord, that what we need to hear from you is exactly what we would hear. I know some of us here watching online even, there's a, there's a word that we need to hear from you today. And I pray that nothing would stand in the way of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Have your Bible or your Bible app. We're going to be in Romans 13. I'm going to get right into it. We're going to be in Romans chapter 13, uh, and you could certainly follow along right there. Uh, the book of Romans has a very significant uh, has had a very significant impact on some people that uh, that are giants of the faith in in years past. People like Augustine and Martin Luther. So Paul is, is addressing some concepts of what it means to, to walk worthy, and we're going to start with something that Jesus emulated better than anyone, and that's love. So Romans 13, um, and we're not going to read every verse of this chapter, but I would encourage you to go back and do that. Uh, but we're going to be uh, starting in verse 8. It says this, So a lot can be said about the importance of loving people properly. That's a lot of what Paul's getting at here. And I love how he says the only debt that we should have is the debt to love one another. And he's talking spiritually here. He's not talking about like borrowing money or, or whatever. Um, but the debt to love one another and that this debt is never fully paid. This debt is never fully paid. Love is not something that we like run out of. You know, I, I, I've loved all I can. I'm done. That's it. I got nothing left. I know sometimes we, we maybe think that or have felt that way. But quite frankly, as followers of Jesus, we, we never run out. We should never run out of, of love because love is a permanent obligation. As a follower of Jesus, love is a permanent obligation. It's impossible to get rid of. Paul's saying that Christians that, that we fulfill the demands and the commands of the Mosaic law, at least the parts that, that talk about our obligations to other people, by loving. That it's not, it's not a set of rules to be followed in the same way. That's just legalistic. What he's saying is that the fulfillment of all of those is, is in love. That Paul echoes the great command here, which you may notice, as Jesus says, the great command is to love God and love others. And so, He's talking about loving the people that you actually meet and deal with every single day. And most of the time, those are the people that we put up with. Yeah, because there are people in your life that are really easy to love. And you're like, yeah, I'm loving them. But there are people that you run into all the time that you're like, I just got to get through this time with them. And I'm just going to put up with them, you know, for right now. And yeah, there's a level of putting up with them. But love is an is a permanent obligation for us as followers of Jesus. We, we are to love people. We are to love people. God says to love those people. And it's really easy to do all the right religious things but neglect love. We can do the liturgical stuff, which, which really is just a, a way of saying the, religi- the religious rituals. We can do those things and focus on those things but what really matters is are we loving people? Because we can do those things and, and totally, completely miss the entire idea. Two weeks ago, I talked about how Jesus and his disciples were not fasting when everybody else was fasting. And they were told like, yo, what are you doing? Like, you're doing this wrong. Like, we're all, this, this, is, this is how we do it. This is how we do religion. Why aren't you doing this? And, and the Pharisees, they were doing all the stuff right They're doing all the religious stuff right, yet Jesus makes it really clear that it didn't matter if the motivation was wrong because their motivation for doing those things was wrong. We're gonna take communion here in in just a few minutes. And if our motivation is to just do it to do it, then we're doing it wrong. That's not the point of it. The point of it isn't just to check the box, say, yep, did communion, great, great. You can go grab a Ritz cracker and a pop on your way out and it'll be the exact same thing. But our motivation needs to be love. We're doing it because we love Jesus. We planned to do communion today as a part of it because of our love for Jesus, not because we're trying to check a box of religious rituals. See, the Pharisees are doing all the religious stuff right, yet Jesus is super clear that their motivation was wrong. And what is the proper motivation? love. Love for God, love for others. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. The, the law, Old Testament, you know, the, the Ten Commandments, the, those kinds of things, the fulfillment of those is not behaving a certain way. Too often, that's how we look at all of that, that like, oh, if somebody's not behaving exactly how I'm interpreting the law, then they're not doing it right? And that's not at all what the point of the law was. The fulfillment of the law is love. The law of God is fulfilled through love, meaning the desired outcome of all of that is love. Not judgment, not condemnation, not looking down on others or rejecting people. Now, do we know what sin is? Yeah, we do. We're grown, right? The Holy Spirit is... Speaking to us as followers of Jesus, we we know right from wrong. I'm not saying right from wrong doesn't matter. That's not at all what I'm saying. But the goal as a follower of Christ is that the law of God is fulfilled in us and that is fulfilled through love. The most defining characteristic of someone who is walking worthy of the call that God has for us as his followers is love. And so our love is a true measure of our obedience to God. The way we love others, the way we love God is a true measure of our obedience to God. That's the kind of love that Jesus gave us. The kind of love he gave us on the cross and he gives us still every moment of every day. And then Paul takes a detour to I think maybe address some of the things that we may be noodling right now. And so look at this in verse 11. He says, and do this, understanding the present time The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. So here we start to get our list of stuff, but, but I, I, I don't want you to start thinking about all those people. We need to start thinking about all this person first. We need to think about ourselves first because the urgency to live God's way and to walk right, to walk worthy of him, we see here because he is coming back soon. We look around this world and yeah, we see these things, but let's not pretend that they're not in the church Let's not do that. Let's not pretend that they're not here as well, okay? And I don't mean that to come down on anybody. I'm just calling it what it is. Yes, this world is getting further and further and further down these roads, absolutely, which is a sign of Jesus coming back soon Absolutely, he is coming back soon. But Paul was even saying, We're nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here, meaning the day of Jesus' return is almost here. How often are we thinking about that as we go through our daily life? Do you process your day to day life in light of eternity? Probably not nearly enough. I don't nearly enough. We should. We should, and here's one of the biggest reasons why. Here's one of the biggest reasons why, and and it's probably gonna surprise you. Yes, because we need to share the gospel with people, absolutely, but in terms of our walking worthy with the Lord, it helps us there. It helps us there. It helps us to put aside the deeds of darkness, as it talks about, and to put on the armor of light. As Paul says, it helps us to behave decently, The deeds of darkness versus the armor of light. The struggle with the deeds of darkness are not nearly as pressing when we turn on the light and we recognize what's right in front of us. You know when temptations in life, do you know when they are not as much of a struggle? You know when they're not as much of a struggle? When you're bathed in light when you're bathed in the light, and here's here's what I mean by that. I don't just mean leave your lights on in your house all the time, right? (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. You're not gonna sleep well. What I'm talking about is, is maybe even like the metaphorical light. The fact that whatever is going on, these deeds of darkness, if they stay in the darkness, guess what? They aren't gonna go anywhere. They're gonna stay right there because they're comfortable right there. We need to bring some things into the light and, and herein lies the importance of Christian community. Once again, you, can be, you need to have somebody that you can be honest with. Somebody that's a brother or sister in Christ that loves you, back to love here, right? And, and some things that, they're, that you're willing to tell them and that they're willing to tell you because you're not gonna take a next step past any of those things if they remain in the dark. You're just not. If no one knows about it, then you're not gonna take a next step out of it. And that's what we're talking about by putting things in the light. And that needs to be done in love. So we're seeing how this is all connected. That needs to be done in love. So let me ask you this. Do you have a godly friend, not just anybody, but a godly friend that's gonna point you to Jesus, point you to the truth of God's word, say the things you need to hear, not the things you wanna hear, and point you to God's word in a loving way that you can confess to. Somebody that, that will help you that you can put some things into the light that you're struggling with that are in the darkness right now. Do you have a person that you can go to in that way? I hope that you do. And if you don't, there's plenty of opportunities to get involved with other Christians and, and Christian community right here in your church family. And let's move to verse 14. Paul says this, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. Like, yeah, easier said than done, Paul, right? Just don't think about it. Like, come on. That's not what he's, you're, you're taking one little piece and running with that. So he is saying we need to behave decently, right? The things listed in verse 13 I mean, let's just say it here for a second. These are things that are not good for Christians to participate in. We should not be participating in these things, so don't, right? Not in carousing and drunkenness, sexual immorality, debauchery, dissension, and jealousy. There's a whole lot of things that fall under those things. Those are kind of big categorical things. There's things that fall in there, and you know. You know those things. We know what sin is, as I said. We've got the Holy Spirit living within us and guiding us, but, but we choose to ignore some things that we're okay with even though the Bible may not be okay with that but we're okay with this thing and that thing but I'm not okay with that thing or that thing and I'm good and I'm great to tell others that also. But I'm gonna keep my stuff in the dark. Clothe yourself with Jesus instead of indulging yourself in the stuff that's in the darkness. And when it's in the light, you're gonna have a real hard time indulging in the darkness. Because when we're loving Jesus more than ourselves, then we're not gonna be as tempted to indulge ourselves because we're wanting to please Jesus and we're wanting to walk worthy of Him. And this is where it all ties together in love. Because we're to learn to wear the person of Jesus in our lives, attempting to live as Jesus did and entrusting ourselves to him completely. So how do I clothe myself with Jesus? How do I clothe myself with Jesus? That sounds weird. It's it's actually not. It's a a great metaphor. Let me give you an example. N.T. Wright, he said this. This is a, a, a great little paragraph quote from him. It says, I know some Christians who in their private devotions each day make a conscious effort in prayer to clothe themselves with the very character of Jesus. Some people do this by reading slowly a story from the Gospels and, and praying that the character uh, of the Jesus that they meet here will surround them and protect them and be the thing that other people see when they meet them. For other people, it's a regular discipline of remembering their baptism. The time when they were plunged into the water as a sign of dying with the Messiah and brought up out of it as a sign of rising again with him so that, as in Romans 6, they are no longer living in the world but in the new. See, he gives some examples here of ways that we can clothe ourselves with Jesus. Ultimately, it's, it's different for some of us. We're, we're having a baptism service in a couple of weeks and it's gonna be an awesome thing and that could be a moment that maybe you were baptized and, and you can remember that moment and how awesome that was and, and that, that moment where you said, I'm all in for Jesus and you took the plunge and, and you, you followed him from that day forward. Could that be something that every morning you need to get up in, in your prayer time and in your time with the Lord and, and to remember that moment and reflect right then so that you can clothe yourself with Jesus because you never felt closer to Jesus than in that moment. It could be something else. I, I love how he gives various things. See, the answer looks different for all of us. The answer looks different for everybody, but everybody needs to have some version, and the Bible's clear on this, everybody needs to have some version of daily prayer and daily time in the word of God, which equals time with Jesus. That's a really easy math problem. I want time with Jesus. Daily in the word, daily in prayer. Those are really simple things that are free. All the time and the basics of spiritual discipline that needs to be part of our daily walk if we're gonna walk worthy with him and we're gonna find the freedom that Jesus has for us that's rooted in a relationship with him and next steps with him. And so we need to do what we have to do to live by Jesus' standards rather than by the present ones that we have or our society has because what Jesus thinks, hear me on this, what Jesus thinks matters more than what anyone else thinks what Jesus thinks matters more than what anyone else thinks, including you <laughs> and including me. What Jesus thinks matters the most. See, it's an intentional, conscious decision. It is an intentional, conscious decision to walk with Jesus, and it might be one that you have to make every morning, every day, every hour. I don't know where you're at. It's, this, it's a decision that's fueled by your motivation, which is love. Love. See, if our motivation is love for Jesus and love for others, then we're going to lean into that motivation and we're going to let it feed us and drive us and fuel us. And you're like, all right, Jay, but I'm not really good at figuring this stuff out. I, I, I got my Bible and I, yeah, I can dive in and, and, and sure. Yeah, I, I do believe the Holy Spirit will help you kind of figure that out, no doubt. There are some resources like the Bible app that has some plans on there and you're like, but I'm just not, I'm not great at this. This is going to fall, fall flat if I'm trying to do this on my own. Maybe. You know what? I'm glad you asked because I have a resource for you. Funny enough. I have a resource for our whole church. Last year we did something as a church and I heard so much positive feedback. I heard so much positive feedback. I saw so many people take next steps in their faith and it propelled them through 2023 and I'm praying that God does the same and even more of that in 2024 through this. So today, we're going to be starting, well, actually tomorrow morning, we're gonna be starting a 21-day daily prayer challenge and devotional. 21-day prayer challenge. It starts tomorrow morning. And I've got this for you in any and every way that you can think of. There will be zero excuses to walk out of here today um, without this because not only do I have the physical hard copy for everybody, if you're that person that you like paper, you can get one of these on your way out the door or if you forget or you leave it in your car or whatever, it's also a Bible plan that is in the Bible app and there is a link to it on our website or you can scan the QR code and there is a link right on our website connectchurch.xyz 21 days and you can either print the PDF of this bad boy or you can jump right into the Bible app And you could start that plan with somebody because if you didn't know, you can do Bible plans on the Bible app with other people and you can comment and all kinds of stuff. It's great. And you can invite friends and you can not invite people that maybe don't want on there, but no, I'm kidding. Um, But it's it's an awesome thing to be able to do. And so I've got this in every way that you can think of for you to be able to download. And we're gonna be starting this together as a church tomorrow is the day that it starts. And to add to that just a little bit, to add to that, I'm also going to give us a church-wide prayer focus each week. So starting this week, and then I'll have another one for you next Sunday and another one the following week as we go through this devotional together. Starting this week, this is our prayer focus as a church for each of us. Jesus, help me to take a next step in my walk with you. It's a real simple idea. But I think it's super powerful if we're praying this every day. Lord, help me to take a next step in my walk with you. And as we've talked through, that next step could be a number of things. It could be, it could be Bible study and prayer daily. It could be serving somewhere. It could be all those things. It could be next steps. It could be plural. But your next step is going to be different than mine. But intentionally being in the word, intentionally being in a time of prayer, that's gonna fuel it. Because you might be like, I don't know. I have no idea what my next step with the Lord is. Cool, let's pray for it. Let's see where, let's see where that ends up. Because if we're all asking Jesus to help us to take our next step and actually listening to him for the answer, then imagine where we're gonna be as a church like a year from now. That's an awesome thing. Could be a daily Bible study. But what about living out that daily Bible study? Not just treating it like homework that I got to get through, but what about actually living it out? See, we we have to learn to love others as we've been loved by God. And if we're learning to love others as we've been loved by God, then we're going to make an impact for the kingdom. We're going to make an impact for the kingdom. And getting into his word together is going to remind us every day of the love that God has for us and the love that we need to share with other people. And we can't do this to perfection because we're all sinners. But we can attempt to love others with an attitude that reflects the type of forgiveness and acceptance that we have experienced from God because God has loved you and accepted you right when you were maybe sitting in the debauchery, to use the word from the scriptures, that you were in at one point in your life and Jesus said, I I love you and I'm right here. And so instead of treating others who are maybe sitting in that pit right now in the darkness, what if instead we love them and just push them to Jesus and we let him take care of the behaviors by changing their heart? And that starts from a place of love. So my connection point for us is to love God and loving others is the way to walk worthy. Loving God and loving others is the way to walk worthy. Paul calls us to embrace one another in love so that we can learn to love and to live as God intended. And so if we want to be the branch even more in 2024, then then we have to stay connected to the vine. We have to stay connected to the vine and and so as we ask the Lord to help us to take more next steps so that we can walk worthy, what better way than to end our time together than with communion? What better way? The Lord's table, communion, it's, it's all about that. It's remembering the body that was broken, the blood that was shed. It's remembering what Jesus did on the cross for us because he loved us so much even when we were in the midst of our debauchery because he loved us so much. And that's why we're actually gonna make this something that we do a little more this year. Communion's gonna be a little more part of our of, of our regular rhythm because it's a moment of remembrance for the love that Jesus had for us, and it's an opportunity for us to turn the light on and to put the armor of light on. Because that's a lot of what communion is all about. It's a moment that we give our hearts and our minds over to the Lord, a time of, of reflection, a time of worship time of prayer so we put aside the stuff that we try to satisfy ourselves with and we rest in Jesus alone our citizenship into God's kingdom was paid for by Jesus on the cross and he said that we should set aside a time to remember that to refocus on what really matters and and informs us more about who we are in him So as we prepare to take communion today, I hope that you'll let the Holy Spirit guide you to help you to reflect on your life and on his love and his salvation through Jesus. But let me just say this. Scripture is clear about who this is for. That this moment is for those that are followers of Jesus and that this moment is not to be taken lightly. 1 Corinthians 11 says so then whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the lord so let a person examine himself and in this way let him eat the bread and drink from the cup for whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself that's pretty heavy so this is reserved for believers but all are invited so if you're not a believer then this family meal isn't for you but if you want to become a believer now's your time you've maybe heard this a hundred times but if you're not a follower of Jesus right now you can make that decision and let me just say you've been prayed for today I get together with a group of deacons every Sunday before every service and we pray for this service for every service And we pray for those that maybe don't know jesus that today might be the day and so if you're not a follower of jesus i want to invite you right now all you have to do is admit that you're a sinner and turn from your sin and turn to the lord that's called repentance believing that jesus is who he said he is you don't have to know all the theological stuff you just have to repent of your sin admit that you're a sinner know that you can't save yourself and ask Jesus to save you. And in your own words, you can just ask him to come into your life. And so I wanna give a moment, if we could, right now, if everybody could bow your head and close your eyes. You would just say something along the lines of, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I can't save myself. I know that my good deeds aren't enough to save me. Thank you for dying on the cross and raising again on the third day. Come into my life and save me in Jesus' name. And if you said that prayer, then the Holy Spirit has come into your life and you are now a new creation. And if that's you, I'd love to talk to you after the service. Please, please, please come and find me. Find one of our pastors. We'd love to talk to you about that.